live, statewide, on the Ref Radio Sports Network. Lobs end zone for Stoops. He caught it. He caught it. Drake Stoops touchdown with Bob Stoops on the sideline. You gotta be kidding me! What a moment! It's the T Row in the morning show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Ball stolen, layup blocked by Shagwap. Get that out of here. Rock the Shagwap. Join in and text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Law Offices of Rod Polston Tax Resolution line at 405-329-9000. Casey Thompson back to pass under pressure. We got him! Danny Stutzman! It's a sack! Crossover, Cortez pivots in the paint. He'll shoot from there and he got it! He got it! It's the Bichon Show in Norman! Now, live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. TJ just hates us today, doesn't he? Is that what this boils down to? It's gotta be. Welcome into the the Plank Show. Uh, They wanted a fourth hour today. I said, no! You realize this is my only day in studio until next Tuesday. Now, I want to be very clear on this. Um, I don't need um, your sympathy or your support here, but it's a really long plane ride ahead of me um, early tomorrow morning, Josh. Don't need your sympathy, your thoughts, and prayers. I understand. You know, you guys know if you listen to this show with any regularity how I feel about flying. But I don't, I've never undertaken anything of this magnitude, Josh, from a travel perspective. And I, I don't feel prepared right now. But then again, I also have a game coming up at 4 today. So I'm going to use all the time after said game to get ready for the Hawaii trip. You have my sympathy, uh, my I'm, thoughts, my yeah, prayers. I understand. It's kind of a tough time for me. I, I will add one more thing on this. I always feel really, really guilty. I know some people are like, oh, I get to go cover the great. Yeah, you're right. I, I've got the greatest job on the planet, period. But it, it as someone who still has a daughter that's young enough to kind of like him, and my eight-year-old Gwen now turned eight this weekend, so we had weeks-long worth of celebration. Holy smokes, dude. Um, But there is a little part of me that feels kind of guilty going to a destination that's a vacation destination to cover a game, and my family doesn't get to go. So there is a li- there's a slight bit of guilt, but I'm sure once I step off the uh, airplane in where are we landing? Honolulu, Ma- wherever we're landing, I think a lot of that might slide by the wayside. Now, and you all get the final laugh because I'm the idiot that's like, yeah, I'll get up and do the show. While I'm in Hawaii, so you'll get to listen to me on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday live. Let's see what time is it? Hawaii time, three a.m. I think we'll be doing the 3 to 6 a.m. shift. The good news is for me, I don't think they have a lot of things that are starting for the team or anyone until about uh, 9 a.m., so at least I'll maybe get a quick little nap afterwards. You give me six hours, I'm good. So we'll see how that goes. Current Hawaii time. Let's see here. Um, oh, well, it's not as bad. It's not six hours. It's it's four hours. Oh, that's doable. I just don't think that's right. <laughs> I think it's I think because they don't the daylight oh daylight saving spring forward we haven't sprung forward yet have we? 
I don't think so. Does it? No, I don't think so. I think it's. I don't think it's four hours. But if it is, I'm all. I'm here for it. I can handle that. Five A to nine A. I'm good. But that just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I feel like I've. For some reason, my Google is now suddenly Yahoo search. So I feel like maybe I'll bing this bad boy and find out what it is. It might be better if it's six so you can get said nap in. It's a good point. This would just have me getting up when my grandpa used to get up. But welcome into the show. So, again, if you haven't heard yet, big news that broke yesterday. If you're headed out to the game today, OU softball, they have moved it up an hour. They've moved it up to 4 p.m. for the first pitch. So we'll be on the air, Sooner Radio Network, a 354 simulcast today. We've got a three-person booth, Josh. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to have my home run call trampled all over for Jocelyn. She's so doing it in the first inning, I'm going to guarantee you that. So who's the in the booth with you? Uh, Aaron and DJ. It's great. I mean, you couldn't ask for two better analysts, right? I, I think there's some things we're working towards. I think they're trying to usher me out of the softball booth, so... We'll see how it plays out. But no, no, no. Three-person booth tonight, 4 p.m. with the first pitch. 4 p.m. So that means uh, not much of a pregame show, though. We'll we'll get Patty Gasso and put it out on uh, on at OU on the air Twitter feed so you can still get your pregame listen from the coach. Before clock, and weird weekend. I kept feeling all weekend long like I needed to be somewhere, right? All we kept feeling all weekend long. It's like, got to be somewhere. Got to be somewhere. Got to be somewhere. Boom. Softball in a bye week. I, I attended everything this weekend, Josh Helmer. Everything. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? It was I, good. In fact, I saw your dad at one of the events. Pops. Did they seem to be in good spirits? They Dude, were enjoying was, themselves? He was fired up. I was fired up with him. I don't think I'd seen your dad at an event in a while, right? Probably not, no. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool, man. He, and, and then it. There was, it was wild, dude. I'm just going to tell you right now. Kudos. I experienced everything as a fan this weekend. So I have some questions, which was a little bit, you know, unique for me. And I felt guilty the whole time. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of guilt on my mind. A Hawaii trip without my family. Um, the idea that, you know, I've got WrestleMania tickets, but I can't get off work. I felt very guilty about that. Um, and then I, I was kind of feeling guilty because I go to these events and usually I'm working them. Right, it, and that's not like some humble brag. It's just it's weird to be at a sporting event and not have any official responsibilities. So when I'm at the gymnastics meet on Friday night, I'm all in. Right, it's crazy, awesome, great energy, great atmosphere. We'll talk about it later. When I'm at women's basketball the the next day, oh, this is great. But the whole time I'm like, look, Jacob and Craig are having to work and. Then, you know, you got to sneak down to videotape your daughter's performance. And you're like, oh, man, they had, Brenda had to come in. Oh, I feel – you, like, feel terrible about what you viewed as a lack of availability. But then in that too, Josh, I think it says something about my commitment to the University of Oklahoma here. In that free time, it's not spent just kicking the feet up, resting and talking about the good old days. That time off is spent supporting the Sooners. And prepping for this show. And prepping for this show. So I make not only, uh, hopefully, Jacob Potter and Joe C. and Zach Selman happy, but I make Casey Vineyard and Brian Vineyard and Perry and the crew happy here, too. That's right. It's all about content. It's a 24-hour 
seven-day-a-week content marathon for us. Um, but yeah, I've got thoughts. It was a blast, dude. Kudos to everyone involved in helping put that crowd together and, and all the hard work behind the scenes that I know some t- some of you care about as fans. Other like, wow, it's their job. Just do your job. Shut up. You, everyone needs to be praised. Got to tell people how great they are. Just do your job, right? And I understand there's that faction out there. But the job done on Friday night was unreal. Unreal, dude. I'm standing up cheering like a moron in a good way the whole time. Like, no, oh, bad score. They needed three tens on the bars. What are we doing? Anyone that was sitting around, he's like, who's this crazy person? And, you know, I know just enough to be dangerous with women's gymnastics with my information. So, um, like, I'll try to be the expert with my, my wife. I'm like, you know, we're got a pretty safe lead right here. We got... I wonder if we'll drop that 9-7. Hope we get another good score. Like, just trying to talk shop with everyone. Mingling and mixing it up. But that was awesome, dude. Did your dad have fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mom and dad had a good time. Like you said, apparently a great crowd. I know it was something that Coach KJ Kindler and her staff, everybody was really pushing to make this one of the best home crowds they've ever had. And it sounds like, by all accounts – if not exactly what they were looking for, pretty darn close. Shout out to Andrew Lipton. Um, I Listen, Andrew was working hard whenever he reached out to the show uh, to just to give a conspiracy theory. So, And by the way, he someone clapped back at Andrew on Twitter this weekend. I'm like, I don't know if people get in my mentions from earlier in the week, but some dude, because he brought up, Goodell was behind Deflate Gate and, and all these other things. And it's Patriot fan like clapped back at Andrew. I'm like, have you the dude is a bare knuckles fighter? What are you doing? These people are crazy people who'll come find you. I'm we, like, Andrew, you're the, you're the greatest, dude. Which meanwhile, was that gentleman just searching Deflate Gate? I, I guess so. Wait, hold on. So the, 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 the contain offensive language. No one talks about it or trash the Patriots. Ah, uh, you're a brand new troll account. It explains why you spouted something so utterly stupid. I'm like, Doug Z in Boston, do you want to die? What are you doing here? Twitter's not a place where I think I play with dudes like Andrew Lipton. He looks like he could hurt a man. But uh, Andrew did tweet at us whenever uh, he, he had taken his daughter, he had taken his crew, he tweeted at us, Josh, thank you so much for the OU Women's Gymnastics tickets tonight. The kiddos, the lady, and I had a blast. And that is what it's all about, Josh. Yes, what it is. what it's all about. Yes, it is. That's good. That's great to hear. Um, so, I've, I've got, man, I've got so much from this weekend. Uh, Brent Venables, head football coach at OU, went on Teddy and Gabe's podcast. Now, I haven't had a chance to get all the way through it yet. Because, like I said, got a little bit of a flight in front of me, maybe saving a few things. But um, I want to share some of it, just two things that just caught my eye right off the top. We got more from the assistant coaches this past week, so we got some Sooner football. And, I I mean, I I want to start with Combine, but I'm hesitant to because March Madness is kicking into high gear. We got... High school playoffs taking place at great. Did you have games this weekend or were you hockeying it? I was all hockey this okay. weekend. Dude. Would have loved to have been broadcasting some high school basketball. It just didn't work out that no, way. No, dude. Hey, listen. What's the name of the league, the hockey league? The NA3HL. The NA3HL is just a precursor to us losing Josh to Hockey Night in America. 
Welcome to ESPN. I'm Josh Helmer, along with, I don't even know who an analyst is on hockey right Somebody now. on this broadcast. Along with Jeremy Roenick. Actually, Jeremy Roenick might end up being your analyst next week, <laughs> the way things went with his broadcasting career. But, I, I get it. Get that coin. Get that cash, baby. But we got to find a lot of time in this show today to talk about this past weekend and preview the weekend ahead in college basketball. I'm fully all in on March Madness right now. All in. I mean, obviously softball, but I am all in on every tournament mattering. Every single conference tournament has some sort of storyline involving seeding or or bubble teams. I just I think we're shaping up Josh for a wild week ahead of us. And it's an important week for Oklahoma, of course. It's an important week for every Oklahoma school that plays basketball outside of Oklahoma State. Sorry. That was a great way to wrap things up. How about that? And it's unfortunate because I would have loved to have seen Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament. I would have loved to see where they would be talked about right now as a seed. I think Mike Boyton had reached out to Joe Lenardi. I don't know if I saw that maybe Scott Ryder, someone wrote about this, but had reached out and had actually asked him, hey, would we be in this conversation? Where would we be? I want to share with the guys. And he's like, yeah, you'd be right there on the bubble. And this was a week ago. So that's a big time win. They had to wrap it up. But anyway, ORU has to win its tournament to get in. And they won their first game last night. That was huge. Tulsa, I mean, how about that finish yesterday? Tulsa not only has to win its its tournament to get in, they might have to win that tournament to save Frank Haith's job. And then, of course, Oklahoma, which when we come back, let's let's get into what needs to happen this week for Oklahoma to find themselves at least knocking on the door of a tournament bid. Joe Lenardi s- slowly kind of crept him back in, Josh, to that last eight out, like first four out and then the next four out. They're in that group of, of eight that's still in that next four out. So we'll dive into kind of the week ahead. And, oh, man, do I have NFL and Combine to get to. Uh, busy day. It's Plank Show on a Monday right here on The Ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. <laughs> I, I kind of like the people that are mad at me. What are they mad at you about? That I'm going, going to Hawaii. Team to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I didn't pick this life. It picked me, okay? I, I don't know how else to put it. There was... A lot of ramen people after college. Well, most of you were taking vacations and buying houses. A boy was sleeping on his buddy's couch. So at least give me this. I, I got to go. Listen, guys, I can't go out tonight. I've got to go run the Cardinals game back in the studio, okay? There were prices that were paid to get to this point. But I will say I'm pretty excited about it. I, I'm a little torn on one thing, though. I want Jossie to break the record just so she can move on from it, right? And then – Probably set this number, gosh, maybe at least, at least like 115, at least. Yeah, she can certainly go on a tear the rest of the season, and if she can set the record, then, okay, teams can start pitching to her again and not have the fear of, oh, I don't want to be the pitcher that gave up the record. So I I started um, I started looking, and – it's tell me what you think of this. And Patrick, if you're listening and you've thought of this and this is in the game notes, I don't know how I've overlooked it. But 
based on my very thorough research, which involved one Google search just before we hit the air. Thorough, Josh. Jocelyn Allo needs one home run to become the all-time softball home run leader. She needs five home runs to tie the all-time diamond sports mark for most college home runs. Six to break that. Correct, because the number is 100 by Petey Cavillia. Now, I looked this up because I kind of thought, that might be a cool little note. But then, in my mind, too, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought the career home run mark for baseball would be, like, through the roof for some with, with aluminum bats. You know, we've seen a couple, you know, 20, 30 home run seasons. But, let's see, when was this last updated? This is from the NCAA website. But Pete and Cavillia, 100 home runs from 83 to 85 with Jeff Ledbetter from Florida State at number two, followed by Todd Green. No sooner show up in the top 10 of what I have, which includes Corey Snyder, who went to BYU. I don't, is that a good note or is that a meh? I think it's a good note. Yeah, sure. Patrick, you can have that. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's how close she is to like rewriting every record book. But I still contend to this day that I'm I'm excited for. I just I still think that as much as I want to see her get it done and move on, I'd love to see her be able to do it in Hawaii, right? That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Back home would Whole be an amazing there. amazing storyline. Greedily for the fans here, here, season ticket holders. I want it for you. Just one or the other. Let's, let's, How about this? Let's get it done either in Hawaii or today. I'm going to be happy either way. I'm going to lose my mind and try to say her full name, Jocelyn Aloha Pumihana Alo. I'm, I'm, her full name, man. Say her full name, Jocelyn Aloha Pumihana Alo. And I think I just said it two different ways, right? <laughs> I, it sounded the same to me. Okay. I think, All right. I think uh, you're- it's, it, it's, uh, it's Pumihana. Pumihana. Uh, and I think the H, if I understand it, is not like a hard, like, it's not Pumihana, it's Pumihana. So, I've really dug, I dug much deeper into that than I did the college baseball all-time home run king. But hey, I want to see her get it done. For the fans, I want to see it happen here. Selfishly, for her and her family, I want to see it happen in Hawaii. I honestly, you remember how quick I was to shoot people down that were like, man, why don't they, why don't they rest her? Well, they rest her and not play her on Monday, so that way she can break the record in Hawaii. And my because she wants to play, <laughs> because Patty wants to win the game. Now watch, coach can be listening to this and probably laughing that they, they're not going to play or not. But I just I don't see a scenario where that that factors in. But I'm sure it'll be talked about and asked today. Yeah, I think very unlikely. Until I get a text message that says, dude, she's not playing tonight. But I, I again, 4 o'clock this afternoon, we'll all find out together. Uh, simulcast tonight, cool booth set up. Uh, Aaron Miller and DJ Sanchez are going to be with us on the call, so I'm pumped about it, in case you can't tell. I think that's dangerous, too, to approach it as, hey, you can just sit this game out because you're going to go set this home run record then back you, at home. You really add the pressure on every single at-bat that she has in Hawaii, right? Every single at bat in Hawaii then suddenly becomes is the, oh, even more so now, and then all of a sudden that Clark's, clock starts going. It's like, well, we only got one game tomorrow, and then if you, if I don't do it tomorrow, then I've got to do it. You know, when I have one again, I don't. 
And, and I, I might be overthinking this a little bit too. Nothing's guaranteed. You don't know what Minnesota's approach will be. We don't know if it's going to look similar like it looked in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic that you're just going to get maybe one at bat a game and the rest, they're going to pitch around you. So to sit there and say, hey, let's – Let's sit her down, sit her out today, and then she'll go break this record in Hawaii. Oh. I just don't think you can approach this like that. Um, boy, this is did uh, did Tyson pass away? Oh my gosh, are you serious? I saw his tweet, um, where they said, "Hey, listen, you, we're gonna have to move to hospice." Oh, that's heartbreaking. I did not realize that this morning. Um. That was just this morning, right? Or was it late yesterday? Yeah, either late last night or this morning. Um, Brian, if you want, I'd love to be involved in helping promote the uh, the fundraiser. Tyson Edwards was a, uh, a diehard Sooner fan that um, he, he, he unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer and really kind of was adopted by the entire Sooner Nation, right? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I hate that. I saw that he was struggling. Um, he was a fighter. His dad posted uh, on Twitter this morning. Oh, man. I wasn't ready for that. A strong kid, man. He His his will and his energy can be a beacon for, for a lot of us. But RIP this morning, uh, Tyson, his dad, right? Uh, his dad wrote on Twitter, for me, Tyson has taught me not to stress about the little things in life that I cannot control and try to just generally be happy and treat everyone with respect. You never know what someone is going through. I hope no one ever has to endure cancer in any way, shape, or form. It is the definition of evil. I'll end with a Bible verse, and he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Sad story this morning, dude. What a what a what a popular and hard nosed positive dude. So I'm I'm so sorry for the Evans family. But you can learn more about Tyson. His dad's Twitter handle is that one guy918. If I just want to make sure I'm retweeting the right thing. Is what his dad tweeted? Is that the go? Is that the proper GoFundMe? Because I know how this. I should think be. It is. Yeah. Oh, heartbreaker. Listen, I, I had no idea. Let's let's break. Let's break. Um, let me get my wits about myself, and we'll come back and get into March Madness. But rest in peace to a, a kid that I think became a true motivator for a lot of us. Tyson Strong, you saw on Twitter, and gosh, what Spencer Rattler. Was showing them around whenever and beating they they kindled up a friendship. So horrible story this morning. Uh, quick break. Rest in peace, Tyson. Obviously, uh, you meant a lot to a lot of people, and I hope you realize that. We'll come back and try to get into some March Madness talk next. It's the Plank Show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, um, gosh, I haven't mentioned the uh, text line. You can get after us today. I haven't mentioned much of anything outside of the the sporting events I attended this weekend and the the few combine notes. Uh, 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439 if you want to be a part of the show. You can pick up the phone and call us. 
3299000. And as always, Hour 1 of the Plank Show is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. 7351167. Get your fencing needs taken care of through the premier fence company in Oklahoma. They offer free estimates and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Get your fence back in shape before the summertime. VHFence.com, Van Hoos Fence. So, Joe Lenardi, I saw you have this pulled up, has six teams, six teams, not 16, six teams with a realistic shot for the one seed in each region. Uh, they've got, I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head, Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Kansas as the four ones. With knocking on the door right now, a pair of ACC teams with Auburn and Kentucky, and apparently the loss by North Carolina, or the win by North Carolina on Coach K's final night inside Cameron, was a, a death knell for Duke's number one seed possibilities. Am I understanding this all correctly? Yeah, according to what Joe Lenardi's saying, Auburn and Kentucky still in play for potentially a one seed, but both Wisconsin and Duke's recent losses take them out of the mix for a one, which I, I don't know. I mean, if Duke wins the ACC tournament, they couldn't be a one. I, I don't know that I totally agree. I don't either, which is why I, I think dependent upon what happens with everybody else. I mean, if everybody else goes out and flames quickly in their tournaments and Duke wins the ACC tournament championship, then I think absolutely they're going to be in the mix. Um. Who was it? I'm trying to make sure I give proper credit. Where's who? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, my man, TJC1027 on Twitter, had pointed out a website that I'm currently so knee-deep in it's not even funny. And I feel like I feel like I rediscover this website, Josh, every single March, and that is BracketMatrix.com. Now, before we get too carried away with the ones – Let's not bury the lead here. Oklahoma still has a lot of work to do. And right now, they are not being seriously considered in the at-large mix. In fact, of the first eight out, like the first four out, the next four out, they're not in that conversation. But they are in the next next four out. Am I saying that right? Let me make sure. Because Lenardi sends out his, his nitty-gritty just about every single day. And to completely and totally nerd out on this, they have the first four out, Indiana, BYU, Dayton, and Virginia Tech. The next four out, Virginia, VCU, Florida, and Texas A&M. And then Oklahoma, along with St. Bonaventure and Oregon, are the next three. So, right on the cusp. And, and so here's the good and bad of it. You right? Good. Florida and Texas A&M play in the first round of the SEC. That's an elimination game, right? So whoever loses that, you're going to move up a spot just through natural selection. I'm doing a lot of the Baylor game is over here, and I'm kind of ignoring it right now. I get you're young. I got to play Baylor. Yeah, it's, I'm going to get to it. Like you're missing a major problem in all this. A one seed awaits them in Kansas City. I know. But they could be – Virginia – has to play early in the ACC tournament, which it still seems wild to me, Josh Helmer, that Virginia, the team that won the national championship two years ago, is on the tournament bubble right now. 
You know they're playing that in the Barclays Center? Yeah, I wasn't aware. But, I mean, think about it from this perspective. If Virginia, see, who do they have here? Virginia will get the winner of Louisville, Louisville, and Georgia Tech. If they lose that, might eliminate a team. Virginia Tech, and these games are on Wednesday. Virginia Tech plays the winner of Clemson and North Carolina State. Could be an elimination game. The thing that sucks for, for OU fans, at least in my opinion with the ACC teams that are ahead of you in uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech in this conversation, I think there's a really good chance that both of those teams are better than the two and three seeds in the ACC tournament. I think there's a really good chance that even though each Virginia and Virginia Tech would have a game under their belt, I think they could win their next game. I, I think Virginia Tech could beat Notre Dame. I think Virginia could beat North Carolina. And then that, that implodes some things. Indiana, how about the craziness, by the way, speaking in trying to find – have we taken our bottom of the hour break yet? Yeah. Oh, whew, I just had a panic moment. All right, good. Um, the weird thing about the bottom of the bracket right now in, in kind of trying to figure out and, and try to slide a team into that conversation is there is a lot of interesting history, you know, recently as far as – Virginia being a national championship team, right? And then in the Big Ten, it's widely viewed as the most, at least from the numbers of teams in the tournament, the best conference in college basketball this season. So with Indiana on the bubble, that's kind of interesting because, Josh, if they lose to Michigan on Thursday in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, despite the fact great league, great league, amazing league, that might be out for them. They're playing in an elimination game. So I'm making the point that it's not, or at least I'm trying to. We just mentioned with Virginia Tech, Virginia, Texas A&M, Florida, and now Indiana, five teams that are perceived to be ahead of Oklahoma that if they drop in their first game, suddenly, I mean, Oklahoma's right there knocking on the door the last four out. And I'm telling you, I'm a firm believer, if if, if they beat Baylor, I, I think that they're right there in this conversation. A lot of ifs, a lot of ifs. A lot of hoops to jump through, a lot of different games that need to go your way. But my question today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439, am I completely and totally out of my mind if I believe that Oklahoma – very much has a shot at a bit of the NCAA tournament in a must-win game against Baylor. It needs to beat Baylor. And I'll tell you what, I'll give you more reason for hope. More reason for hope. What if Baylor is taking the approach of, listen, we've been dinged up all season. We're pretty good spot as far as one seed is concerned. Let's not go out here and risk anything injury-wise after seeing what happened Johnny Davis up in Wisconsin and, again, what they've dealt with all year. Maybe they go to – Maybe they go to Kansas City, Josh, and they're kind of like, we don't need to kill ourselves here. Let's go to the tournament. How's my sales pitch going? Well, I don't think Baylor will take that approach. I, I think that – Boo! I think that after sharing the conference crown with Kansas, they'll be highly motivated to go win this Big 12 tournament and get themselves a one seed. But that being said, if Oklahoma can go beat a team in Baylor – that is either going to be a one or a two, even with a loss to Oklahoma, probably a two if Oklahoma wins that game, then 
absolutely, depending upon what happens in some of these other games, that win alone could be enough to to get OU an at-large bid. Just basing it I, off – Okay, what, so it's a lot, right? I mean, you're – I'm sorry, I trampled over, but it's a lot of an ask, but it's it's still no, it's, conceivable. I, well, OU's 42 in the net right now. If they beat Baylor, who's number three in the net – you tell me, I mean, like, what type of a jump are they going to enjoy? I would think I would think every bit of eight spots. Gosh, Baylor's got an impressive resume this year, don't they? And you're significantly ahead of a Texas A&M and a Florida. Look, I'm not trying to just get every single team in the big dance, but give me a reason for some optimism, or let me rephrase that. Jump on this optimism train with me. I think there's a really good opportunity that if you take care of Baylor, you're right here in this mix. Now, you can make yourself feel a lot better about it if you just go ahead and win the whole thing. Or win two games. I think just judging where Lenardi has Oklahoma at right now, whether or not the Sooners get a ton of good news, you and I could come up with our – List of games to keep an eye on, right? And Which I'll do. You know, say you get half of those, the ball bounces your way, and teams that you're hoping would lose do lose to open up a pathway for you, then I, I think probably that's all you'd need with two wins. Two wins, you're in. Two wins, you're in. One loss, you're out. Yeah, you're, I, I, yeah, I, you're not dancing. I, if you I can't. Lose. I can't. I can't even try to make that case. So a lot on Thursday between Oklahoma and Baylor. But I'll tell you what, they did what they needed to do down the stretch. They put themselves in position. Right, you had to win those last three games. Had to. Tried to try to stumble a bit in Bedlam. Got the win. Withstood a, an attempt at a rally by West Virginia. Got the win. Went and exercised some demons from a place that you haven't won since 2012. I, I like the momentum that they're on right now. I really do. Now, would I rather have the kind of momentum that momentum that North Carolina created on Saturday night? You bet. I watched that. I watched Wake Forest a little bit this weekend. Man, we might have Alondis Williams on this squad right now, or Brady Manick for that matter. They look really good this weekend. Londis was like in the conversation for what ACC Player of the Year. He's not going to get it, but yeah, I think if you had Alondis, Davion, and oh, Brady, that, that, don't yeah, Davion is one of those where you're like, man, how, how do you get out of here? He was on fire for Oregon the other night. Anyway, I don't want to live in the past. I want to live in the now. There's a great opportunity for this team to continue to get hot at the right time. I think it's the best way to put it. Now, when we come back, Saturday night for some of all y'all was a night of celebration. We'll explain why next right here on The Plank Show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Kind of a tough admission I have to make, Josh. It's been hard. As much as I'm into the combine, as much as I love everything about the draft, I I couldn't get away from college uh, basketball this weekend, man. There's a lot of good stuff going on. I'm proud of you. It's a big moment for me. You know, as somebody who, again, spent most of Saturday walking around feeling like I was supposed to be somewhere. I mean, I'm not even kidding. It was like, what? We have a game today? And 
you know, with kind of the buzz that had built last week, and Coach talked about this when she was on with us last Monday or Tuesday, that and there were conversations about bringing a team, and I, I had promoted it on the broadcast. Hey, man, keep an eye on social media for the potential of a game. It was my understanding they were going to play a game on Friday and maybe two on Saturday. But, I, dude, I was just lost all day Saturday. Am I supposed to – are we going somewhere? Do, do I have a game to get to? And I, I immersed myself in Sooner games, man. I immersed myself in college basketball. I immersed myself in everything but the combine and watched my wrap-up shows. So I'll get what we're being told we learned, and then I've got some studying to do on the flight over. And you had a good weekend, correct? Great weekend. I didn't get to see Batman yet like someone in the Brown O'Haver studios did. Was fantastic. Really? We want to do this today or you want to wait till like tomorrow whenever you've got the show? It's up to you. Oh, it's up I to you. I want to wait until you've seen it. Oh, really? Well, then we can't even really have a conversation because then you got to do the whole spoiler alert thing and people will do the whole stick to sports thing. And I, I don't know if I can handle that. You know, I've got a big flight coming up today, Josh, or like tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of want to hear everything about it, and then I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> I, I want it all to be a surprise. You know what? I, I will say social media has actually done a pretty good job of not spoiling the whole thing like they typically do, right? Yeah, I've been trying to – before last night was trying to steer clear of anybody that had the word Batman in a tweet. Oh, did you try to mute a word? I will listen. I want to get a Josh Helmer quick film review this morning at ten thirty a.m. Okay. Can I put it down in the show notes? Yeah, yeah, sure. Jot it down. Ten thirty-five a Josh Batman review. But good weekend beyond just that. Hurts long. Hurts three-hour movie. But you said it's fine. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Which I dig that though. I dig that. I like a nice long movie. When you go to a longer movie that doesn't seem like a longer movie because you're so into it. That's a really, really good thing. Now, speaking of really, really good things, real quick, let's take you back to one of the most promoted stories in the history of ever. Did you know that it was Coach K's last game on Saturday night, Josh? Oh, my goodness. And the way they handled it, it was just ridiculous. The two box that they had going on at the end of the Kansas-Texas game and Coach K walking out and waving and shaking everybody's hands, I mean, it was – Unbelievable the way they treated it. Um, first of all, somebody lost their job today in scheduling at ESPN. I mean, I, I don't get that. First of all, is that 6 p.m. Central time? Is that is that the – or wait, what 5 o'clock Central time, right? Is that like the prime go-to time slot now? What are we doing? I know Duke in North Carolina as far – I mean, Duke's really good. North Carolina's kind of struggled this year, but what, – what? Why even cut it close? I mean, you've got enough. You have eight bazillion analysts. What, you worried you couldn't fill a little extra studio time? Yeah, it is curious why they didn't just slate tip for 530. And it was and Texas-Kansas was exciting. Oh, it was a great game. Went overtime. Yeah, You, you just didn't know when Ochai Abaji would wake up. It's like, hey, does he know? What, they're playing basketball? I mean, is, is he going to go here? And you kind of thought he might have that ultimate moment. I can't remember who was on the call. But they're like, hey, what what a great way to wrap up senior day potentially with a game winner. And by God, he nearly hit one. But, yeah, it was crazy. And all while, they're showing Mike Krzyzewski on a second box just walking around. That's it. No game action. I want to hear the speeches 
And it's like, oh, as you can see, we're trying to get you there. Bail. If you're going to do that and you're going to give the game that kind of treatment, bail. Say, hey, for those of you here for Kansas, Texas, we're going to move to ESPN2 in the app. And just put your Coach K stuff on there. I'm just – listen, I couldn't care less about Kansas basketball or Texas basketball. If both of those teams could have taken an L on Saturday – I was all good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in the history of basketball, both teams have lost. We'll see you next uh, week. But to kind of give it that treatment? Ah, it's an with the Big 12 championship on the line. It's an overtime game with a Big 12 title on the line, a potential one seed, and we're getting a two box of Coach K. And then you add to it that this happened once the game got rolling. And it, my friends, was absolutely positively fantastic if you're anti-Duke. Duke is not going to foul. Love into the front court. And in his final game in Cameron, Coach K takes an L, courtesy of the Tar Heels, 94-81. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it wasn't the Duke radio network. I can't imagine. No, I'm just going to go out on a limb. And then, of course, you have that very awkward whole post-game situation that played out. Um, this this was my favorite part. This isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry about this afternoon. That no, please no, please everyone be quiet. Let me just say <laughs> it's unacceptable. It's, today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. And, uh, yeah. I didn't really like wallow in it. It wasn't like ha ha ha. He lost his last game. I just. I thought for everything that ESPN had put into it and how they crammed it down our throat, it was kind of – I just couldn't help but laugh when the first game went overtime, the Kansas-Texas game went overtime, and then you basically – in what you probably had planned as hours worth of praise, you had to quickly bail on all of it. To have to come out there and address the crowd after losing your final home game, oh my goodness. But not all ends well in sports, right? Thinking, I was thinking about the Raiders last game in Oakland when they were throwing stuff on the field because they lost to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I think, put like 70 on the Dolphins at Dan Marino's last game. Doesn't always end well. And it sure did for Mike Krzyzewski on Saturday night. A couple of Big 12 transfers had a big uh, part Good news that. for him is it really doesn't matter. Nah, he's, by the time they get to the tournament, they'll be peaking. They'll probably end up in the Final Four. All right, quick break. To kick off Hour 2, let's do all of our Combine stuff. What did we learn at the Combine this weekend next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans? Air Comfort Solutions text line is the easiest way to get in touch with the show. 405-651-3439. You can also be a part of the program. via. Where are you today on the text line? Let's go. We're being lazy. 405 They don't like us this morning. I've given out beautiful golden nuggets of topics on this show. Because if you don't, then all I'm going to do is sit here and talk about Batman with Josh. Uh, hour two of the Plank Show brought maybe, to you by... Maybe <laughs> then we'll get some text. Then you'll get it. Uh, Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968. No one really seems to... I always like that. You need to talk more about this. Great. We're going to spend a whole segment talking about it. No one reacts. Well, you need to spend more time talking this. All right, great. Here's a bunch of different angles on it. Everyone's just sitting there on their hand. I got to text a funny joke to TJ. I don't got time for these sports takes. Uh, Allison Insurance, 
health insurance, life insurance, Medicare, supplements, HSAs, and more. Bob and Robert Allison can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance has been helping you and your family for over 50, uh, 60 years. Allison Insurance. Now, um, we spent a lot of the first hour talking about basketball and kind of the, the hope and the belief that Oklahoma still has a shot to get in. But I think the bot- it's a real easy bottom line, right? Got to be Baylor. Period. That's it. Beat Baylor on Thursday. We're having a completely different conversation come Friday morning show. Beat Baylor, and who knows? That might be enough to stamp your ticket, punch your ticket to the NCAA tournament, depending on what happens elsewhere. Probably if we're reading the tea leaves from one Joe Lenardi mm-hmm. via the bunker, probably you need to. Probably need to win over Baylor sure. and then either Texas Tech or, or Iowa State. But I will say it is um, it is going to be absolutely, positively fascinating to kind of see how this all plays out. I mean, it really, really truly is because there are so many games that will be played before Oklahoma plays in matters. I, talk, I have one quick thing that I thought about a lot this week because of how I spent my weekend, and that is – the cost of being a fan. And I just I'm still kind of workshopping this take because it's it's a bit of a delicate balance for me personally, right? Because of what I do and how blessed I am to have the opportunity to not, you know, in a lot of instances have to worry about you know taking my whole family to a sporting event because I mean, I, I, I go cover it, right? I'm very, we're all very blessed that work in this bit. And I hope we don't lose sight of it. I think sometimes when we get into debates about attendance, I think that sometimes there's a faction of media people, I'm not saying anyone at this station, but in general, that don't really take that into account. Because as a whole, the Royal We are really spoiled, right? We go to a game and we can grab three bottles of water and go sit and do our job and not think about it. You go to a game as a fan, you grab three do- three bottles of water, that's $13. Actually, it might be more than that. $4.59, uh, $13.50, right? It's just, it's, so I don't know when we, the royal we, have the conversations about what does it take to get attendance regularly here? What does it take for that? I think the hard part is when you get a new fan in the door, which we're all, you know, always trying to do and create that experience. Man, it's it can be a pricey endeavor. Ticket prices are okay. I, I mean, I spent we bought our women's gym tickets. I went as a fan, and I think it was like ten bucks a piece. That's not bad. Eight bucks for my daughter. I can handle that. But I just I've continued to gain it, you know, as I get my kids get older and they want to go to more games. But sometimes the price of being a fan, it's 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 tough. And I'm I'm hoping that when we all get together in our meeting of the minds, right? If it's a June show or a July show or or when the powers that be in Stillwater and, and I know listen, Bill Haston has a great article for Tulsa peeps, it kind of got me thinking about this too. In my alma mater, is it's it's sad to watch one of their home basketball games, right? I mean, to you fans, the, the, the attendance stinks. 
stinks. You know, Bill had an article in Tulsa about how they they had a, a season ticket holder for years that was a a football season ticket holder that never even been contacted about basketball tickets. So that's one area that's always interesting, like making sure you foster those relationships. And that's a completely different world of kind of ineptitude in certain areas, which is frustrating as, as hell for me at the uh, at the old alma mater. But in general, Josh, when you get people in the door, I, I feel like, there can be ways that we can make it a little bit less burdensome on the pocket. That fair way to put it. Look what the Falcons have done with their concession prices, right? It's is it? It's nine dollars. I, I was just there's nine bucks for a beer. TJ went to a concert the other night and it was fifteen dollars for a beer. What? Are we, what world are you going to where you're going to buy a six pack of Bud Light for fifty four dollars? I did quick math. Is that right? 9, 18, 27, 36, 45. $54. It's just, it's tough, man. That's supposed to be two 30 packs. Yeah, exactly. And and it's in two 30 packs of, of the good stuff, not just, say, my beloved PBR. So, again, I, I'm workshopping it. I feel like we can have some conversations about it. I give Oklahoma a lot of credit. They've done some really cool things. I know this sounds weird to say, but like the popcorn bucket and the refillable soda, it's great. Beautiful idea when you go to games. Great. Helps the family immensely. But it's just, it's a lot, dude. And when we're like, you got to get out to the LNC, and you got to do this, and you need to, and you've got to go to games in Stillwater, and you've got to go to the Reynolds Center, TU fans. Yeah, it's not free. I, you ain't walking to the door and showing a pass and sitting down and grabbing two sodas or a cup of coffee. It's, it's a di- And I think we've got to really stop and think about that. I think to... Some people really take that for granted whenever they're, they've got their pitchforks out and the how dare you not go to the game. And then it's like, well, I don't want to spend that much. Like, oh, what, are you a poor? Are you a poor? Like, I, yeah, I am. I, I am a poor. I'm sorry. I can't afford um, – I, I could go get two burgers off the value meal for the price of one thing of popcorn. You know, it's just it's, – it's frustrating, I think, for some fans that want to go – and I know affordable, again, this isn't an anti-OU thing. This isn't an anti-TU thing. This isn't an anti-OSU thing or even an anti-ORU thing because everyone's kind of fighting the same battle. I just, it can become burdensome on the old wall in order to go to a game anymore at any of the locales. And moms and dads can't just say, all right, see you later, kids, <laughs> Right. No, you can't just decide to. And if you do, okay, well now you got to buy. Now you got to pay for a babysitter. Right, or, right. <laughs> it's almost cheaper to to get a babysitter to come in. So I, we're workshopping it. Obviously, um, Josh Helmer, we we got a little room to roll. But I'll tell you one thing: the most I- incredible thing to me is just to think about when it all comes together. Right when it comes together, Josh, and you have that moment where you get a great crowd, and everyone is on the same page. Friday night was that example, dude. Friday night was it for gymnastics. It was incredible. Oh, play two segments on gym. Yes, it was awesome. And if you were there, you know it. So it's just it, there's a payoff, right? When it all comes together and you get that great crowd and everyone's engaged. But you know, it's 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 tough, man. I I don't know how some people are able to do it. And I'm happy they're able to. On that note, go ahead. 
Coach KJ Kindler joining his regularly scheduled tomorrow. I told her that I was out and I'd leave it up to you, so that's your call. If you would like for her to come in, I'm sure she'd love to come hang. I mean, it's not necessarily a me, me, me thing. It's just a whatever you want to do. Obviously, we want coaching. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, all right. Let me hit what I actually promoted and teased that I wanted to get into here. Welcome to the Plank Show. It's hour number two. I Again, this is Josh and I get to talk some off the air, but I'm just what I'm constantly workshopping different things that I love to to talk about and think about, and I don't have this set way of um, I'm I'm staunch this or I'm right wing, so I care. No, I I have an open mind with a lot of these things, and I just I feel like there are certain maybe okay. <laughs> what if there was a level where ten dollar you have a ten dollar ticket, right? What if there was a $13 ticket, and in that $13 ticket, you know, sodas were a dollar, popcorn was, was two bucks, and hot dogs were two bucks? And, and I know with the Sooner Junior Kids Club, and I think Tulsa's got like a, a little hurricane group or whatever, Oklahoma State, I'm sure there is, but I'm just, I don't mean just for kids. Keep beer prices where you want, don't care. I mean, that's, that, that's fine. Sucks. Yeah, beer, beer's not getting cheap. But, but beer's not magically going to go, whoa. Well, hey, it's like gas prices. You're not going to go tomorrow back. It didn't cost me 60 bucks to fill up my tank. Let's go. It's dollar beer night. Come on out, everybody. But maybe there's a tier. Um, and maybe there is at some places. I don't know. But tickets $10. And you know, every time, every time you buy anything in life anymore, anything, you're going to get the, you, you want to add uh, this or do you want that? Bought a car. It's like, do you want the warranty on it? I'm like, no, I'm, 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 we're good. Or a package for season ticket holders where concessions maybe are a little bit cheaper for season maybe, ticket holders. Maybe. I'm just – I'm trying to think of different ways that, you know, that can be a little bit less cumbersome on the old uh, wallet. Anyway, um, 405-329. I'm workshopping it. I'm not there. But I've got some different ideas. And I'll tell you what started it. It didn't start for me going to an event. It started with sitting down and reading Bill Hastings' article, The Tulsa World. Some say, oh, yeah, you just you, you win and people will go to games. It's not always the case. I mean, it, this was – who was I fighting with about it? I was fighting with my wife. I was fighting with my wife before the women's basketball game on Saturday, which was a heartbreaker but was still fun to be a part of. Dude, Coach Baranchek had that moment where she got mad at the officials. My favorite thing when Jenny Baranchek gets mad at the officials for a women's basketball game because then she wants the crowd into it. So she'll get mad and she'll be yelling and then she'll turn around and she'll throw her hands up in the air and she'll try to get the crowd into it. And everyone stands up and they're loose. It was awesome. But I said, I was asking because I'd read Bill's article in the Tulsa World and you look around and you're like, gosh, I, I wish there was this same energy today that there was last night, right? I, I wish that we had the same crowd for OU Kansas that we had for women's gymnastics. And she goes, well, it was one versus two. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. It'd be different if Baylor, maybe Texas was here. But I just, I wish it didn't have to be that. And I'm like, I, I wonder how much of it, you know, has to do with this, that. And she goes, well, they, they got to get better. I'm like, well, they're better. They're a top 16 seed. And she kind of looks around and she goes, well, then I don't think you can sit here and complain about they need to be better to get people in the arena because they're good, right? I'm like, fair. So there's certain things where it's like, okay, what more can we do? It's the fight that marketers are constantly having that obviously Rick Dixon is having at Tulsa today that I'm sure the crew at, at Oklahoma State and, and everyone, they're, they're always having. 
what can we do to enrich the overall fan experience, right? What can we do to make this – Kenny Mossman talked about it. What, in, in Disney World, they always have the – you you, you want to make every experience magical. It's hard. It's hard to do that. But it's it's what you need to have is that approach every single time you go in. I, again, let's move on to what I teased. You know what one of the problems is? <laughs> this is a great problem to have, and describing it as a problem is probably – not the right approach here, but Kansas, for example, you've got basketball, and that's it. They're they're they've been so bad at football for so many years, but they're desperately trying right. to get people to to want to come out to football. Why can't they do that? Okay, well, football has been so bad. A place like Oklahoma, you're so good at so many different sports. It it has to be a challenge to determine. Okay. What all sports am I going to go to? You know, not everybody could be a season ticket holder for every single sport. In Oklahoma is right there on the cusp of potentially an at-large bid in men's basketball. Women's basketball, it's a resurgent (laughs) year. They're dominant in both men's and women's gymnastics, right? Football is perennially perennially great. Softball, they're winning national championships. Baseball has had its success under Skip Johnson. So it's, you know, wrestling's doing its thing. There, there's so many good sports at Oklahoma that in and of itself can be a challenge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's a problem that a lot of other athletic directors would like to have. <laughs> Again, like I said, <laughs> All right. you say it's a problem, okay, a lot of people would like to have this problem. Son of a – how did I get so carried away with this? I just wanted to say a major topic on this show, and and, and I think – Listen, I don't want to speak for anyone. This is only our, what, sixth year doing this show. So I don't want to get too carried away. But I would say, TJ, what, the 21st ever 68-team giveaway we're doing a week from tomorrow, or a week from today? I would say in the 21-year history of this station as a station that not only talks sports but covers the Sooners, Josh, I'm willing to say it's a regular conversation. Can say, Oh, we need more fans here. We need more fans there. Why aren't fans showing up here? And I just, in, in experiencing things a little bit different, I just, I don't, maybe I got a little bit more sympathetic. Dude, I like that. I like that. Hit that one real quick. 405-651-3439. This dude is a little bit mad about um, about wrestling, right? You want me to read this Yeah, verbatim? yeah, read that, read that one verbatim. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the station and listen off and on all day. I do find it humorous that y'all talk so much about people not attending basketball, but none of you will will even acknowledge the wrestling program. Is there a specific reason, or is it just that none of you like wrestling? No, no, I'm going to WrestleMania, dude. I love wrestling. Oh, dude, it's in that mix of the sports that we regularly get into. I mean, I'm not going to. Um, and James- I didn't mention. I didn't even mention tennis and tennis is. Don't well, get the tennis fans mad at us this morning. We've started the the and, gimme zone on the weekends because Oklahoma golf is incredible. Right. I, I think, now to his point, there's a guy that fits into a very niche audience, or niche, I like niche better, that says, well, I'm sick and tired of uh, not enough attention being paid here. Why isn't more attention being paid here? It's a great problem to have. But just unfortunately, some things get lost in the mix. And again, like I said, I think every I, I 
I would take my family to volleyball. Different experience, right? But yet, I mean, still the same issues that everyone else is having. I take, I've been out to two wrestling meets at home meets. They're fighting the same thing too. Hey, man, how can we make sure we have regular? This isn't just – I. it came out as a basketball attendance point. I'm glad that he's tw- – because I'm not just talking about basketball, yo. I'm talking airy sport. Yeah, he's – Plank's really talking about that broad attending, attending college sports as – Period. Someone that's a family man trying to bring a family of four, five, however many. It's not easy. But, yeah, no, no. Hey, listen, I was – you know what was on uh, the TV Saturday night? Late in, for some reason, I stayed up to like – 2 or 3 a.m. on Saturday night. I was watching all the wrestling. I thought it was great. Oh, you guys performed well. We'll have to get Lou on sometime soon. Everyone, everyone is fighting the same battle. And nobody is, is, it was funny, you brought up, like, for instance, your budget. Well, listen, I want to go to this game or that game, but, you know, I won't be able to go to, let's say, Tennis this week. Well, tennis is free. I won't be able to go to soccer this weekend because I want to go to baseball. What it might be, right? You you have to pick and choose sometimes. But I mean, it's that's a challenging thing, at least for that family and for the sport that doesn't get their money. But it's not something that, as a university, like, oh no, what <laughs> you're you're that good that people are having to choose. And then also in that, you're trying to find ways to get it and make it av- available and affordable to everyone that wants to come. Right? How do you do that and still turn your profits? How do you do that and still take care of the bottom lines? It's tough, right? It's not an easy thing. I don't envy, and I don't know. I don't know who makes all of those pricing decisions. I don't know where it comes from, but I know every single university in America is fighting the same battle right now. No, even even at Oklahoma, where there's you know 80,000 plus on game day, even at Alabama and, and Georgia, they're all fighting the same fight for other sports. Typically, what I try to do. What I try to do is join either the Big Ten Conference or the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> but you know what? I will say this. Friday night gymnastics got me thinking about how crazy that's going to be whenever Alabama's rolling through here and LSU was rolling through here. And Georgia, you're talking elite programs across the board. It's going to be really fun, man. I can't wait. Got me real excited for the future of the SEC. <laughs> now... Back to your regularly scheduled Big 12 programming. Can I do combine stuff finally when I get back? Yeah, after I think we hit wrestling. <laughs> I heard Randy uh, Orton versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania. It's a joke. I, I one time made that joke back in the day, and like Kenny Monday showed up at the studio to want to talk some wrestling. Oh, really? Yeah, I was very scared. Anyway, he was a great dude. Kenny's the best. All right, quick break. Uh, When we come back, let's talk a little bit about the Combine. It's the Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Do you know what uh, I just spent the whole commercial break doing, Josh? No, I do not. Talking wrestling. Talked wrestling the whole time. With hashtag at OU photo guy? Yeah. (laughs) I... I still think one of my favorite things on this show is how you would always call Mark at OU Photo Guy, and I think there's like three or four people that never knew who you were referring to in the, <laughs> in the building. It's like, who is this OU Photo Guy that Josh is talking about? 
Yes, our man Mark Desher, who was up. He shot the Big 12 championship this weekend up in Tulsa. So, yeah, really, I feel Mark is a little bit indebted to me for my work over the years of constantly <laughs> pubbing his, uh, oh, his pictures? professional feed out there. Bro, he does a good job. I'm, I'm, I've tried to his camera equipment that he that he has unbelievable. He's got like two monitors in there. I don't know what he does, but it's very impressive. What what comes out of the of the camera lens and what comes out of the magazine is always very impressive. Which somebody uh oh speaking of OU wrestling, somebody texted and said Oklahoma sending nine well, of ten wrestlers let me, to the the big dance. Let me quickly correct you, sir, because it may end up being ten of ten. Huh? You like that? Boom! I love you like it. that. One of them is an alternate. I keep talking about them in, you know, using prepositions, uh, pronouns, excuse me. Eight Sooners claim their spots on Saturday. Uh, Keegan Moore booked his trips with his opening match win. It's the most NCAA qualifiers under head coach Lou Roselli. The Sooners last sit nine wrestlers in 2012. And the only wrestler who didn't qualify for a spot, uh, I believe, is an alternate. So, yeah. Hey, look at us. The Wrestling Authority. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right. Um, you want to get to some combine stuff here? I like that point, though, by the way, on the most recent text. Because it is, it is the, the penultimate point of every single ticket, go-to-game conversation that we have, right? This is, this is the end-all, be-all. This is it. This is the, you traded TV exposure for in-game experience in a lot of ways, right? TV deals have made it an easier choice to stay at home and watch from the comfort of your own home. And you can eat your own food, have drinks for a fraction of the cost when it comes to tickets, parking, food, etc. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. I mean, I think the thing that's most important there is all right, how do you combat that? Because there's still there is nothing, and I mean nothing, Josh Helmer, that beats being in the stadium for a big moment. And I mean nothing. So how do you how how do you equal that at home? You can't. You can have the 70 inch TV, you can have buddies over, it's just not the same. So they you, but, again, that was part of the trade-off. You sign these big TV deals kind of in a lot of ways. I don't want to say sell your soul, but you get these very extravagant contracts. you got to find ways to make it more enjoyable for people. Or TV's got to find ways to make it more enjoyable for people to stay home and get their TV ratings than to be there in that moment. You continue to work to enhance the fan experience. Sure, absolutely. Which, talking specifically with basketball – it could be improved. Um, all right, do you want to – it is 10.31 right here on the ref. You guys want – the text line's been great, 405-651-3439. Once we got it sparked, y'all are rolling, 405-651-3439. Uh, the straight up, give us a call, law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 329-9000, 405-329-9000. Anyone really kind of jump out at you? This week, I know you were you were covering some recruiting in addition to your hockey stuff, but did anything from the combine really jump out and get you? We'll get to Junior Day uh, and the top five stories today, big story number five, but anything really catch your eye? I'll be totally transparent about as much as I got to follow or keep tabs on the 
combine this weekend was driving in this morning and hearing what you said about Nick oh. Benito. Okay. That's fine. Because I it was one of the most fascinating displays of athleticism that we've seen over a four day span. I don't I mean you're this is position groups running times equal to what some running backs have been considered as fast in the past. Troy Anderson was the fastest linebacker. He ran a 4-4-2. The fastest defensive tackle was not Jordan Davis. It was actually his teammate, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Wyatt who ran a 4-7-7 as a defensive tackle. <laughs> My man's moving. Um, now, again, the offensive linemen were up there a bit, but Derry Rosenthal, offensive tackle from Kentucky, ran a 4-8-8-40. And here's what's crazy about it. Well, by the way, here's what's crazy about it is Baylor had the two fastest guys in the combine. But if you're just thinking about 40 times, it's amazing to see what Nick Benito did, right? He ran a 4-5-4. But that was the fifth fastest time among edge rushers. The fastest time for the edge rushers was Amari Barno, who ran a 4-3-6-40. Wow. I just – so, again, I'm not somebody that gets too caught up in 40 times. I think that in today's modern era, the National Football League, all these numbers matter. You can't talk about analytics. You can't talk about these numbers and then suddenly say, well, those numbers don't matter. They matter. They don't matter a lot to me. I mean, I'm not going to say, well, he ran a 4-4-40, so he should go ahead of, say, Nick Benito or whatever it might be. Right? There's a lot of different ways you could look at it. 40 time isn't one that I'm like, oh, yeah, that dude's definitely getting drafted higher because it's not always the case. But when you run something like Nick Benito did with a 4-5-4-40 or – Sam Williams, the Ole Miss defensive end, ran a four four six. Suddenly now it's, all right, we're going to get to his pro day, but we're going to watch film in between now and then and see what we got. And I think that's what happened with a lot of these dudes. They almost demanded a second look at their tape. And I'll be curious to see what the thought is on Nick Benito when some of these guys see a four five six forty. are like, dang. And then they go back and watch more. Are they going to be wowed? Are they going to be mad? Are they going to be intrigued? You know, what's going to be that response when they dig back into the tape? What about how Perion ran? I know that he was tweeting about came up a little lame with the hamstring that he had pulled it late. Yeah, Perion Winfrey, I I mean, he was the third fastest defensive tackle. <laughs> he ran a 4-8-9-40. So do you think – will he run next uh, – well, no. this week? No, 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 no. They, he stand, you stand on that, man. If you got yeah. sub-5, you're in that 4-8 range. I, unless – I don't know, Josh. Unless there is this incredible confidence that he can run in the four sevens, but I don't think I risk it. All right, it's ten thirty-five. Listen, I want to get a call in before we take a break. David in Tulsa has been kind enough to jump in here. We we're talking about attendance. He's got a unique perspective for us. What's going on, David? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on. I wanted to give a little love to the ORU Golden Eagles. Um, they're up in their conference tournament, and they announced last night in the broadcast that they averaged 4,000 people in attendance, which was double the Summit League. And if you've ever been to an ORU game, they are super fun. They've got lots of fan stuff, lots of activities. 
and it's just a and it's a great team to watch. They're not quite what they were last year, but right. last year they they're still doing really well. And tonight's the semifinals in the Summit League. Do you know why? Yeah, and they've got a shot. You know, David. One thing that's been kind of cool about what ORU has done, and I think it's something that say a TU is envious of, and a lot of people can learn from. I know that the Boom Squad's trying to do it for OU. David, their fa- their their students have been incredible at those games, haven't they? Yeah, they totally get into it. They were ranked the best student section in Oklahoma. I mean, they're down there. They're cheering. My son's a freshman there. They're going crazy. You know, they've got some great players, some smashing dunks. Yeah, they get into it. The band is great fun. Uh, it's, it's a good band experience. Kids come. Kids are free. I mean, it's been great. I take my family all the time. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, David. And that's the thing that's, that's a bit of a challenge, right? How do you, Josh Helmer, and, I, and again, I want to give credit. I think the Boom Squad's doing a really nice job. Those guys, you know, it, it maybe, and I always joke about this. This is David, nothing against anyone's. But, you know, you, you get some crazy nerds, and they can create a wild environment, right? Look at Duke. <laughs> Look what Duke's been for the last ever. And that's what you need. You need some people that aren't afraid to paint their face. Or what does a dude wear for OU? Is that a lizard costume? You know, you got to get people that are just out there to have a blast. And ORU, man, that's – and then you see that environment, and what do you want to do? You want to go to it. You want to be a part of it. Love it. All right, 405-329-9000. That was a little combine. We keep falling back on my little crutch topic today. So when we come back, a few more of your phone calls with the Air Comfort Solutions text line 651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. So that was the OU guys, right? Delaire and Turner Yell ran very well. I – I think the good news for DTY was that it, it didn't seem as if the rest of that safety group kind of ran away from him or put up numbers that weren't near what he had. Even though the fastest 40 at the safety position was Nick Cross ran a 4-3-4. So I, I think that was good news. You know, DeLaren ran a 4-4-7. You know, that's right there in that mix with some guys that are being talked about in the first round. Okay. Uh, but we'll get into some more general thoughts what we learned at the Combine next. Top five stories of the day at 11 a.m. right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. This hour of the Plank Show is brought to you by Allison Insurance, Health, Life, Medicare Supplements, and more. Call Bob or Robert at 405-745-2968 or allisoninsurance.com. All right, Plank Show on a Monday Travel day for me tomorrow, and then we'll be uh, we'll be rolling from Hawaii with Jossie and the crew. Uh, if you missed the big announcement, four p.m. four p.m. with the first pitch today. The hope is get the game in before the the true kind of cold wave hits. Well, it's cold enough, but bundle up if you're going to be there. Should be fun. I'll be on the call tonight. Three man booth, three person booth, I should say with Aaron Miller and DJ Sanchez. I'm pretty excited about that. Going to be fun. Could be the record day. You think Minnesota pitches to Jossie tonight? No, probably not. I don't either. I hope they do. I don't think they will. But what had kind of been the trend was that she would get pitched to once and then you wouldn't she wouldn't get pitched to again. So, if she's going to get that chance, it's going to be early. All right, hey True Sooner. Sorry about that, man. Welcome to the show, True Sooner. What's going on? Tell 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 uh, tell her the first pitch will be right down the pike every time. 
She got a couple good ones. Will. She got a couple good yeah. ones that she uh, that she let go, but yeah. she's smart. You know, she's she knows she's going to oh, get yeah, this record. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so you know, you were talking about the TV, staying at home, all that kind of thing. You know, I've had season tickets for forty two years now, and I still try to make every single game. Uh, I, you know, I sometimes I get a little sick at the post office, and I, you know, that kind of thing happens. Uh, but I try to make every one of them, but I'm not like I was when I was a kid. When I was a kid, you know, when I was 20, 21 years old, if I couldn't make an away game or the OU Texas game, I just lost my mind. I mean, I, you know, but, but nowadays it's kind of like, oh, well, I'll sell my tickets or give them away and, and, uh, you know, watch it on my 85 inch television, you know? So yeah, it does, but, but I would rather be there. I mean, there's nothing like being there, you know? But See that that's the thing is is we we've got to continue to sell that right that that being there is is the magic. What what else on your mind, True Sooner? Okay, so I got a deal. I, I've been listening. You know, I listen to a sports radio all day long, every day. I'm addicted to it and all that kind of stuff. And there's a couple of guys, and I don't know where you're at on the Rattler thing about what he said last week. Uh, there's the easy thing to do is to call him a brat and to call him a you know uh, you know. The, you know, you know that he, you know that he's just, you know, bad apples because he, you know, all this stuff that happened. And there's a lot of guys around town that are doing that, that are ripping him up one side and down the other. But I mean, could there, could it be possible that what he said, maybe, maybe there was a little bit of truth to that? I mean, if you listen to Benito and those guys, they really didn't rip those guys for what they said. And, and Rattler, I know he, you know, it just seems like that. Maybe there's maybe there's somewhere in the middle. True, I gotta ask. People are ripping Spencer Rattler for saying that he's feels like he's learned more about being a pro quarterback. Yes. yes. Oh yeah. Why? What I mean? Just, they're just saying. It, 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 they, they, gosh, are we being serious here? This is that oh, same yeah. situation where it's all. There's always something about him that just right. triggers people. I don't know how you could come away and be mad about that. The QB1 documentary, man. That's a, still got to be it, right? Yeah, there's a large portion of people that if he says something, they're going to be critical of him just because they won't look look past something that happened with him when he was, what, 17 years old? Listen, I get it that South Carolina isn't this beacon for uh, offensive prowess, but when he says, I've learned more, he's learning differently. I mean, he he was in the Lincoln-Riley system for three years. Bro, he had it down. There wasn't a lot of, of teaching, so I don't doubt that he's learned. Why would people get triggered by that, you think, True Sooner? What's so wrong I, about I, saying that? I, I heard that last week, and I heard the people saying it, and I was just oh. kind of like, I, I think there's some jealousy there. I think that I think the people that are saying it are probably a lot like him. Um, okay. You know, uh, and you know, I'm sure you can read between lines, but I, I think that I think the people that are saying that probably are just, you know, they they see him as this college quarterback. I, I don't know why they're not ripping Caleb Williams. If you're going to rip him, I don't know why you can't, you know. But for him to come out and say that, to me, he's not saying a whole lot different than what Benito and those guys said. It was okay for them to say that. Yeah, I, I don't. That, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah, I got you. All right, thanks. I, I appreciate you, sir. Have a good one. I, I think that's such a non-starter for me about even getting – triggered or enraged about if you're really going to sit there and scream about a guy that says in a new offense under a new coach that he's learned more than he did his last year 
I mean, what's he supposed to say? Yeah, well, you know, Lincoln Riley, he was really better than, than my situation. What are you, a dope? Are you a moron if you think that's what he's going to come out and say? What are we doing anymore? Plenty of reasons to try to not like Spencer Rattler or complain about him. But him saying, yeah, I feel like I've, I've learned a little bit. Did you even listen to the quote? If, you, if you're yelling, did you, I'll play it for you so you can listen to it if you're really triggered by what this dude said. If Lincoln Riley was still the head coach at Oklahoma, I don't even know how mad Oklahoma fans would be. Like, ah, okay, well, good luck in South Carolina. Quick break. Wrap up hour number two. Uh, top five stories of the day next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. I knew we forgot something. We forgot the Batman review. Dang it. You and your crazy phone calls to this here radio show. We'll push you back to the news. Listen, the news according to Josh is your segment. You can do with it whatever you want. We can discuss some bats then. I'm not here to try to push you in any direction. But I think if Lincoln Riley was still the head coach, OU fans would be upset about what Spencer Rattler oh, said. That's what that's what we talked about on what day did we do the the swaparoo? Was that Thursday? That's that's what Drake and I kind of laughed about. If Lincoln was still the coach, you know, I I know in my mind I was like, oh, okay, I think the hate for Spencer would be interesting to see. Like I can't fathom if that because it seemed as if that situation had started to kind of turn in a positive direction even before Lincoln had left, right? He came in in the tech game and threw the bomb and everyone kind of lost their mind. And it seemed as if, you know, when he didn't, well, no, maybe that was after. <laughs> he hadn't announced that he was transferring until after Lincoln left. So I, I guess it's hard for me to put my head around or wrap my mind around how fans would have perceived a Spencer Rattler if Lincoln was still here. Right, because of everything that has happened. I think that – and the reason why it's so hard for me is this, because all of the positive vibes seem to have been a direct result of of Lincoln leaving. <laughs> yeah, you go – yeah, you go – hey, man, you shine. You shine, Spencer Rattler, right? But I'm sure they would have been mad. But I don't think it – I don't think anyone should be mad about it now. <laughs> And I also think I would have stood up for him and saying, I'm sure it's got you feeling some kind of way about where you might view his his words as, hey, South Carolina is doing more complex things than Oklahoma. Isn't that what you take from it? But that's not the case. It's it's a different it's like learning a new language. What did Kel Gundy say yesterday? I have a better chance of learning Portuguese right now. And Spitzer Rattler's ultimate goal, like most five star quarterbacks, like Caleb Williams' ultimate goal is I want to be one of the top quarterbacks taken. I want to be a longtime NFL starter. And so operating out of a pro-style offense, not crazy for Spencer Rattler to say, hey, I've, I've learned more in my short time here about what's going to benefit me moving forward than I ever did in the offense that we operated out of at Oklahoma. But, again, if Lincoln Riley was the head coach, I think having exited – Stage, right, stage right geographically, he would be getting painted as sour grapes around here. But now I think he kind of – and I – do we need to listen? Do you guys need to listen to it again to hear it so you realize that if you take it out of context like it appears to be, then it sounds 
really bad. And I don't know, I don't remember if it was Tattoo Baker or who it was, literally clipped and added Lincoln Riley. And so it made it seem like he had said, hey, I learned more from these guys than I did from Lincoln Riley. So it's it's really, really taking some creative, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? It's 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 adding to it, and that's what's going viral. So I know this is. Cra- I'm going to play the actual clip for you before the fire. The top five stories of the day next hour, and you guys can decide for yourself. Because again, the whole oh he Spencer Rattler just said he's learned more at South Carolina than he ever did from Lincoln Riley. That's not what he said. <laughs> you can try to deduce that creative liberties with it if you would like, whatever. But that's not what he said. And I would understand that there's a few people that that's all they would see because they're, like me, a headline reader or maybe see one thing on Twitter. They're Arnie. Man, did you see that thing on Twitter about uh, so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, Arnie, that's not true. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like, yeah, Arnie, that's not right. There's a lot of Arnies out there in the world, right? There are many in Arnie, yes. And I can be guilty of that sometimes. I'm going to play the full cut for you when you get back. You can decide for yourself. How's that? I love it. And then we can put it to bed. It's a plank show. Also, Brent Venables on whether or not he'll call defense. All right. You ready? Patiently have been waiting. So, I I want to try to find this tweet to make sure proper creative licenses. Thank you. What did I, what did I say? Creative liberties? Which I think is I think it fits. also applicable. Thank you, uh, Trey Linda. License, liberty, whatever. Uh, so, just because True Sooner brought this up, and I think it's an interesting conversation, Spencer Rattler last week had his first press conference since making the shift to South Carolina. Oh, it was Florida Sooner. Florida Sooner, I think, is a problem here. Um, he tweeted this, and this had like – 500 retweets and 4,000 likes. With South Carolina's pro-style offense, I have probably learned more in a month than I did the whole time under Riley. Now, that's what he tweeted. And that, that blew up, right? Here is what Spencer Rattler really said. You can decide for yourself. Great question. Uh, that was another big, big thing uh, for me to come here. Um, the system is definitely, you know, levels up of a pro style type system. You know, um, I'm learning a lot of new things every day, terminology, uh, verbiage that I, I, I didn't know, you know, coming in. Um, so that, that's a big thing. Coach Satterfield, uh, Coach Nick Coleman have done a great job with me so far. Uh, my first month here, I've, I've learned probably more in a month than I have in my college career, which sounds crazy. But uh, with these pro-style type systems and the film we're watching, the plays we're running, um, I think it just elevates everybody's game, you know, on the team mentally and obviously, you know, physically on the field. So some creative liberties, licenses taken with that, whichever way you want to look at it. And you're like, well, he just said he learned. No, he's learning different things. And I know that that sounds kind of hard for some, but you're also coming from somewhere where you're three years removed from learning it, right? You learned it with Jalen Hurts here, and then you were the guy for a year, and then you were the guy until you lost your job. So I didn't – that's why whenever I, I saw that, I was like, oh, it's got to be good. Then when I heard it, I was like, that, 
didn't really live up to the advertisement. Yeah, I, I, and and no one is going to be there to say, oh wait, you, you might have kind of taken that a little bit out of context, and then you can get in a fight. No, that's what he said. He blah blah blah. And you listen to it, and it is people hear what they want to hear. I just, I was, and then I, I go through the, I go through all of the comments, and not a, uh, not a single person said I don't really yeah there you go that's not exactly what he said and he sure didn't mention Riley by name so thankfully someone about 28 comments in finally says hey and then of course you got he said in his career well yeah it, paraphrasing very much affects that quote you know I I really think so because he even said I'm learning things I terminology wise Lincoln Riley's offense has a completely different terminology and, and set of terms than what Jeff Lebby is teaching. And it has a completely different set of terminology than what Coach Satterfield is teaching. Maybe there was a lot of things that Lincoln did to just make that smooth transition for him. Not everything has to be a shot at Lincoln Riley. <laughs> and not everything means has to mean that the guy didn't appreciate the time that he had at Oklahoma. I mean... And... It's a distinctly different quote and response when you substitute the word in Riley. That's not what he said. Yeah, exactly. He's talking specifically about the South Carolina offense (laughs) and the coaches that he's working with, the pro-style system that he's operating in, and how this month has been as intensive as any month in his football playing career. And he's learned as much, if not more, about the pro-style offense in the time that he's been at South Carolina. Had nothing to do with No, it yeah. wasn't a shot at Lincoln Riley or any of the Oklahoma coaching staff. I, and, and, and finally, some people is, are, are got smart. Here, here's one dude that said, I get that he actually said he was basically the same. I get that what he actually said was basically the same thing, but he didn't mention Riley by name, and if you're going to put quotes around a statement, you can't just summarize and throw in your own words there. Because, listen, Twitter is not going to fact-check you. They're going to retweet and then dive into it. <laughs> so, yeah, they, that thing done blowed up. Right? I mean, it blew up, uh, not just on Thursday of last week, but then throughout the weekend because everyone started running with it. There's enough reasons to not like Lincoln Riley. You don't have to add to a quote from his former quarterback to increase your hate. Ted, talk over. Are we good? Air Comfort Solutions text line real quick before we hit the top stories of the day. Well, you really hate the computer feed of that, don't you? (laughs) 405-651-3439. Well, this is the super secret Textoso line. Oh, 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 I like it. No, I love the computer format of it. I I think it's great. I hate it. I do think it's funny. This is from uh, Bobby, by the way. Oh, hey, Bobby. I I do think it's funny the revisionist history OU fans have about Spencer all of a sudden as soon as Riley left. It's like they all just forgot they booed the guy. (laughs) I know! It's like, wait a minute. You you guys basically lost your mind booing him. Oh, that was the students. Nah. Nah. Man, it was everybody. One one more on that. He, He said, it's so weird how he's become a martyr all of a sudden just because the coach left. You know, it's interesting. I think we're seeing some of the same things play out right now in the NFL. It's almost as if nobody paid attention or watched when Mitch Trubisky was a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
And now it's like, Mitch Trubisky is going to get a starting job this off. No, we've, we've watched. No. No. Marcus Mariota's going to start. No, he can't stay healthy. He ain't starting anything. It's like just. It's okay to look back and say, that didn't end well. I'm happy for him. I'm going to root for him. You suddenly don't have to make him a martyr. But listen to the full quote. Is And, and, and I do that now with everything. I'm like, whoa. It's like, great, an Arnie, right? What did Arnie say whenever OU was playing Florida Atlantic? Calls me while I'm driving it. Lane Kiffin just said they're going to go beat Oklahoma. I'm like, what? Because in my mind, I remember Lane Kiffin was very selective about <laughs> what he said leading up to that game. Because uh, he talked a lot of trash the year before with FAU when they had, what, Devin Singletary? Really good football team. And and we actually listened and basically <laughs> poured a cold glass he, of Kiffin's water. Like, no, 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 no. You don't need to pick us to win. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Bad so, decision, bro. I, I just I think it's okay every now and then. We have a ready shoot aim. Welcome to my TED Talk. My name is Chris Plank. I do this for free every single day for you. This is not a charge. Uh, this is not an event that you have to sign up for anything other than just listening to this program. Not everything that is accredited to someone on Twitter is an actual quote. Thank you, and uh, appreciate you coming to my TED Talk today. A simple Google search, or if you don't trust Google, Bing, or if you don't trust Bing, what is it, DuckDuckGo or whatever? DuckDuckGo? I, I don't know. There's some other web search. My wife uses it now. She don't trust the government. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I, I just... I mean, I guess the point is more than anything else, just a, a little digging. I'm sure Florida Sooners crack it up while he's watching everyone lose their mind because he heard it and he knows what was said. <laughs> and everyone's angry, so suddenly it's like they feel like they got to either stick up for Spencer or, or – or, it's just – I can't believe we spent 10 minutes on this. Let's go. Top five stories today. Big story number five. Number five. What a weekend in college basketball. They're back. Um, the Big 12 champs again for the Kansas Jayhawks. Chuck it up. Conference championship number 63 as Kansas prevails in overtime, 70 to 63. And which was weird because so they celebrated winning a Big 12 championship and then like minutes later. Matt Meyer will hold the ball, toss it high in the air. Baylor can celebrate a second straight. Big 12 Conference Championship. Baylor clinches it with a win over Iowa State tonight here in the Farrell Center. 75-68. My man John Morris fighting the voice. Allergies suck right now. Nobody, curiously, nobody mentioning anything about a share. <laughs> Guys, uh, anyone going to point out that y'all didn't win this thing outright right now? The tiebreaker for Kansas being the one seed. Do you know what it was? Yeah, they uh, they split with Texas uh, Tech and Baylor got swept. There we go. Well done. Well done. Yeah, the uh, tiebreaker. And, in fact, uh, Oklahoma was on the wrong end of a tiebreaker with? Iowa State. Ding, ding, ding. And do you know what the eventual tiebreaker was in that? Oh, you got swept by Texas. Yeah! Look! Josh Helmer, tiebreaker extraordinaire. I, Let's go. I hopped on Big12Sports.com oh, this okay. morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was digging because I was like, hey, how did I, they split the two games? And Oh, this is – I'm going down a rabbit hole. Both of them lost both games to Kansas. Oh, my gosh. They both lost both games to Baylor. They split Texas Tech. And then it's the fourth place team. I appreciate whoever that was on the communications department for the Big 12 
including that in sentence like graph number three is like, wow, okay, that's very convenient. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm not even kidding. This is a true story. You can look at my notes for the show. I went through last tonight and was trying to figure it out and going through all the tiebreaker scenarios only to jump on Wikipedia this morning and see that it's right there in front of my fat face. Fifth tiebreaker for Oklahoma and Iowa State. We'll have more on Sooner Hoops coming up. Obviously, big story number one. But I don't, it was still being talked about yesterday, and it's still being talked about today. Mike Krzyzewski losing his final game in Cameron Indoor State. Why do I keep saying stadium? Arena. Um, here was kind of how he wrapped things up in his speech, which was delayed thanks to the Texas-Kansas game going overtime. We need to fight for Duke. We need to fight for the brotherhood, and we need to fight with all of our might through the remainder of this season. All right? Then I'll be ready to get the hell out of here. All right? <laughs> all right? I thought it was a. I thought it was a pretty cool. I mean, it did had to suck for him as far as the post game is concerned. I know those stinking kids ruined his big day. How dare they? But I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was a pretty cool. And uh, those deal. darn Jayhawks and Longhorns had to screw it up too. He should have been. Forget a two box. It should have only been the Coach K box. Should have been. How dare you, Chris Beard? I hate you even more. First you leave Texas Tech, and now you ruin Coach K's night. I think your team for kids how to play basketball. And then the Tar Heels come out and (laughs) spank you around. All right. um, Was there anything? I I guess what? Auburn was celebrating an SEC title. It sounded uh, sounded like this. Auburn 82, South Carolina 71. The Tigers are SEC champions outright. Auburn, the number one seed at the SEC tournament. 27-4 overall. Um. Awesome. Like five teams were celebrating a Big Ten championship. I was very perplexed by that. Um, Illinois ends up as the one seed there. But, yeah, pretty fun Saturday. How about the Big Ten's final day? Did I bring this up already? I don't think so. The Big Ten's final day Sunday, you, you headed into the final weekend of the regular season. The final day of the regular season. Do you know how many seeds were determined heading into the final day? The way you're talking, I'll say nine. Two. Two? Two. Two seeds were determined, and that was it. The DFL team, congrats, Nebraska. Um, or actually, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jessica, don't get mad. The dead bleeping last team, Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota, who, who's, by the way, not that bad of a basketball team. I don't know how they're 13 and 16. It makes no sense to me. I, I, I've watched them a couple of times. They, yeah. They're not and the bad. Nine, and the nine seed Indiana. Those are the only two seeds that were set in a 14 seed, 14 team tournament heading into the last day when not everyone was playing. It's crazy. Uh, Illinois shares the title with Wisconsin. Illinois will be the one seed, so they get the double bye in the Big Ten tournament, which starts on Wednesday with Nebraska and Northwestern. Giddy up. Best conference in America, baby. Big I, Ten. Have we done any other stories yet? No, I don't think so. All right, big story number four. Number four. Alert, alert, alert. Tell your friends, alert. Oklahoma softball has been moved up to 4 o'clock today. Alert. If you have tickets, alert. It'll be at 4. I have just received word. On the super secret air comfort solutions at Textoso line. We will be live, live on Bally Sports Oklahoma. Um, but to be clear, it is Bally Sports Southwest and Bally Sports 
Oklahoma. So it might show up if you're DVRing as either the rally or something else on your channel guide. But 4 o'clock live, and it is my understanding that it will be on Bally Sports Southwest and Oklahoma. This is from the one Jacob Potter. So do not record the event later in the day. Record the 4 o'clock show. There was some confusion. Oh, gosh. And it, uh, twit, you know, again, Twitter always very calculated, measured response. They were originally going to show it like an hour tape delayed. So they were going to show it and then have it tape delayed an hour. Right? Hey, welcome. And just start at 5. But... Thankfully, they were able to work through that. Um, so, alert, alert. OU softball is today at 4 o'clock. Big story number three. Number three. You know what my favorite thing right now is about the baseball strike, Josh, or lockout, is how now it has turned media members on each other. It's like, well, you're just a shill for the owners. Like, for instance, we had Bernie on last night. Uh, Bernie Fratto was really good, I guess. Uh, he has decided, hey, I covered the 94 strike that cost us an entire season. Uh, I'm going to be all over this. But, like, even he this morning, I guess he got – he was getting beat up on Twitter a bit. He said, I'm not on the player side. I merely wanted to present an objective analysis that brought detail to each side of the table. So I don't know if someone, like, said he was. or Now you've got, what, Jeff Passan who is owner side. Uh, I'm sorry, player side. Then you've got John Heyman, who's like owner side. you got Chris Russo. They're all, oh, he's an owner's guy. I'm like, shouldn't you? Why are we choosing sides? I mean, who cares? <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> and, and that's just how it's going to be. You're not going to win an argument. And someone's going, oh, well, you got a good point. I think I'm on the player side now. That's never going to happen. You've chosen which. There's people like myself that can't sit here and listen to dudes complain about salaries whenever you have $300 million players in your league. Sorry. And, and they've already boosted the average annual salary to what? Um, hold on. I just saw that they agreed to that yesterday. Um, 700 k It's a 30% increase. Get out of here. with. And I – Max Scherzer and Mike Trout shouldn't be the guys that are not, – not Mike Trout, excuse me. Uh, Max Scherzer and – well, the other – dudes that have $100 million contracts, $100 million contracts, I, I, I don't have sympathy for you when you start talking about, oh, we're not making enough money. Equally, I don't have sympathy for billionaire owners when they're like, well, you know, we got to do – yeah, I just don't think they like April baseball. <laughs> I think they're trying to get to May. It's like, all right, let's get this season going. All right, here we go, here we everyone. Go. But the words that are being used, roadblocks, dead ends, uh, for everything just seems to be kind of nonstop with uh, everyone fighting now. Everyone's fighting. When they ink this this deal, how long will the CBA be for? I hope ever. Um, <laughs> we have signed an eternal CBA so that we never have to go through this again. Yeah, hopefully it's not like a two-year CBA because <laughs> be going through this again. So let me get you caught up as to where we are. This was from John Heyman. The sides were still working off the 12-team postseason they temporarily agreed to in Jupiter. Players are open to the 14 preferred by MLB, but they're torn apart on the format of the 14, which includes something called a ghost win, 
which I'm not familiar with because the last thing I had heard of was a ghost runner on second, and I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore because it's offensive to ghosts. Owners, writes John Heyman, seem quite upset about the players' union's moves today. Still suggest official offers are below ranges discussed just because the first deadline and characterized talks is deadlocked. Deadlocked, Josh! Deadlocked! More games are in jeopardy. Players' union agree to allow MLB to ban shifts, implement a pitch clock, and make bases larger in 2023, subject to those agreements fitting into a total deal. Union also rejected robo-umps for 22 and 23. The baseball goal is to be able to streamline the process and add excitement to the games. I think, who was it, Taylor Maples that tweeted yesterday about bigger bases? Makes no sense to me. I don't understand bigger bases. Safety concern at first base. Now, if you're going to do the double bases, I'm down with that. I think that's cool. Like, you have the the orange one that's out of the baseline. But, yeah, no. I I, I hope that's not a deal breaker. Listen, if you can't come to an agreement on bigger bases, we're just going to have to cancel some more games. (laughs) Can you imagine being that petty? It isn't, by the way. It isn't. I, I know everyone's triggered. That's a baseball fan right now, but it's about much more than that. All right, big story number two. Number two. So, Combine News in general, I owe you some coming up. We'll do it in about ten minutes. But for Oklahoma, guys, I think all in all, pretty good. Pr- pr- pretty good. Perion Winfrey had a top five time in the 40 for defensive tackles, ran a 4.89. Um, only one guy benched, and that was Jeremiah Hall. He did 19 reps. I think everyone else is going to bench this week. Uh, at OU's Pro Day. The Laren Turner yell ran a 4-4-7-40. Kind of middle of the pack for the safeties, unfortunately. And you had Brian Asamoah run the f- sixth fastest time, for ninth fastest time for a linebacker at 4-5-6. You had Nick Benito run the fifth fastest time for a rush end at 4-5-4. Four, four. Isaiah Thomas looked like a different dude. He ran a 4-7-40. Killed it on his vertical leap. So did Brian Osimo. Osimo's vert was 36.5. So, all in all, a good weekend. Had 11 guys there. Seemed like they all showed out well. Osimo's vert's got to be the top for the linebackers, right? Oh, my gosh, it's not. What uh, What did he run in the 40? Um, Osimo's 40 time, which was the ninth fastest among linebackers, was a 4.56. So, Solid. Solid. Malcolm Rodriguez, by the way, Cowboy fans, had even kind of come out and said, listen, I've been training for track and field. <laughs> I've basically taken my body and trained the last month like a track and field guy would. And he put up a burner time, too. He had a really good combine. Now, I don't know what that means going forward for him, but Malcolm Rodriguez – did I say Dalton Rodriguez? I always No, you didn't. Okay. Malcolm Rodriguez had um, the fifth – one, two, three – yeah, fifth highest vertical jump. Had, uh, I think, the seventh fastest 40 time at 4.52. So he had himself a nice combine. He had himself a nice little combine. You know, he's still a guy that's probably being looked at as maybe a day three guy. But again, they're going to go, they're going to see these numbers and they're going to go back and think, okay, let's take a closer look at him. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. I got three takeaways from the combine that will hit when we come back. But uh, we also owe you a payoff on big story number one, right? Oklahoma's quest to make the big dance, beating Kansas State yesterday. I mean, big story number one for me is, oh, you softball at 4 o'clock, Jocelyn Allo chasing history. But I understand March Madness, we're in the midst of it. We'll give May Madness for softball. But let's dive into it next. Um, Where are the Sooners right now in the whole pantheon of bracketology? It's the Plank Show.
This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Sooners back in action today. Four o'clock. Four o'clock, Josh. Did you get the memo? Four o'clock. Four yeah. o'clock. Sooner softball. Record at 407. Live on Bally Sports Oklahoma and Bally Sports Southwest. Maybe a little bit after 407. What do you think? Um, what do you think it's today? I'm going to say yes. I don't think Minnesota's going to pitch to her. At all. I think Patty's going to go back to leading off with TRA. I try to think like Coach Casso does sometimes, and it gets me in a lot of trouble because she's so much smarter than I am, and I always get things wrong. Um, but I could imagine Coach saying, all right, listen, let's just – Jossie's been our two-hole hitter. TRA's been our leadoff hitter. Let's just – let's get back to that. And they've had a week. You know, I if I understand correctly, Coach said take Saturday off. And I think that's awesome. And maybe, maybe depending on how this goes today and next week, maybe it becomes a thing where they look at a little bit more of a of a bye week before really um, after the first three weeks of the season. I'm trying to spit it out there, and it's been it's been a grind. You know, listen, you're going to scenic places. You're going to L.A., go to Houston, going to Palm Springs. But I mean, it's you're still on a schedule. And it sucked having to get out early last week. So I loved the day off. Absolutely loved it. You think there's anywhere in the lineup that Oklahoma could put Jocelyn Allo that would give her a better chance to get pitched to? Yeah, lead off probably, right? <laughs> you ensure that you're going to have at least one at bat where they're going to pitch to you. And that's what Coach did with, with Lowen. Uh, who? Who is Lowen? Lowen Chamberlain. Yeah, Lauren Chamberlain. So I, I'm in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that. It's going to be a challenge, but I hope they pitch to her tonight. And then there's a part of me that kind of, kind of hopes that you know it's broken in Hawaii. I just want her dad to be there. I want Levi to be there. That's all that matters to me. <gasps> Breaking news this morning, Josh Helmer. Your boys are franchise tagging Orlando Brown Jr. in Kansas Correct. City. How about that? According to Shefty. Now, that kind of gets us to a couple of quick thoughts first from the combine, and then I'm going to let Josh in the news. We'll go all over basketball. Um. Nick Benito in most drafts probably would have been the talk of the day, but because the edge rushers were so freakishly dynamic, it's not talked about enough, right? So one thing, one big takeaway, the, the overall athleticism of this combine was ridiculous. It was through the, through the roof. Uh, there's going to be a lot of tape study going on, I think, but with that, more so than you typically have. But, Josh, number one thing for me, and I'm just thinking specifically about the edge, this might be one of the deepest group of edge rushers that we've ever had in the NFL draft. And I think, honestly, that when all is said and done, I think Aiden Hutchinson might end up being the top pick in the draft. I really do. I mean, and I'll tell you, this whole thing about Kayvon Thibodeau and people questioning his work ethic, okay, fine, go ahead. I mean, we're talking, Josh, we're talking about the top, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The top eight edge rushers all ran in the four fives. Edge rushers. That is ridiculous. So I think there's a really good chance that you're going to end up seeing the number one pick in this draft be Aiden Hutchinson. That's why I sit today. All right. One takeaway. Number two. Jordan Davis is shooting up some draft boards. 
Okay, I don't know why, and I and in this mock draft world that everyone lives in now, I I thought heading into this, Jordan Davis was going to be like the third or fourth pick in the draft, and I guess the Alabama game scared a lot of people off that he had in their first matchup, but as this dude is going to be. Now, here's the good news about that, too, is I think, this is where it comes back to Oklahoma, I think that could potentially pull Perrion Winfrey into the first round. I really do. Because, and I know he got a little bit dinged on his his 40-yard dash, but still had the third fastest time for defensive tackle. I think he backed up his senior bowl performance with a big combine, and that's what he needed. And then the third thing, listen, I know there hasn't been much offensively that we've talked about on this show. But I'm not necessarily all against this quarterback class. I think that a comparison to Matt Ryan or Derek Carr is not a bad comparison. But I don't know if you're taking the fourth, fifth, or sixth pick in the drafts to go out and get you know Derek Carr. No offense, Derek Carr. I love you to that. Are we going to see the opposite of what we normally see in NFL drafts where maybe some teams that are – Quarterback needy or trading back in the first round because they have a feeling that one of the guys that they like is still going to be on the board. Can I tell you what it all factors, what it all mat- what it all comes down to? In, th- in this here reporter's humble opinion, Josh, Aaron Rodgers, what happens there? Because if he doesn't end up in Denver, then I think, and he says – He says he's staying in Green Bay. I don't know then if you have this massive domino that starts falling like crazy where suddenly Green Bay is going to have two first-round picks. And do they then say, all right, listen, we used a first-round pick on Jordan Love. Let's get our offensive line taken care of, right? And then suddenly you got a team that might be snatching up a couple of O-linemen, and that drops a quarterback. Maybe that trade doesn't happen. And the Giants fall in love with Malik Willis, or Detroit falls in love with Malik Willis because we always overdraft quarterbacks. But I came away thinking, as of today, there's not going to be a quarterback in the top ten. In the top top ten? Yeah. Because I think there is so much – there's so much depth at edge. There's so little depth on the offensive line. And there's a few difference-making corners in Daryl Stingley Jr. and Sauce Gardner. I know Kobe Bryant didn't have a very good combine. But I just, I think – and I kind of felt this way last year. Look, three guys went in the top ten. <laughs> but we all we all knew uh, – we knew how Trevor Lawrence was going to be number one. I'm in after Trevor Lawrence. I just – I don't know, Josh. I think, I think there is a chance that a team might say, you know what, let's take a flyer on Mitch Trubisky this year – and then let's worry about that quarterback situation if our guy is still there at, you know, 20, 25, 32 if you're the Lions. Or, you know, you might see a team like Atlanta, the Raiders, that don't necessarily have a needed quarterback that say, give me a year to develop. I don't think Carson Strong would be in that mix, but he could be. He threw the ball well. Give me a year to develop Desmond Ritter. And then I'll be good to go and move. I think you could see that maybe more so than someone saying, like the Giants, I'm getting my franchise quarterback in this draft. And it's not because Kenny Pickett has tiny hands. Interesting. So those are my three takeaways from this weekend. But again, it could all change by the end of this week. Pickett could go and have a pro day that wows everyone, and he's this great interview. And I will wager 
much cash that a quarterback's going in the top ten. I think I'm going to be not just wrong, but very wrong when it comes to that. I could see maybe maybe only two quarterbacks right. going in the first round or just one. Yeah, I agree. Dude, I just got my rundown for the show. I'm doing a show tonight. Uh, wow. They've got some good topics on here. Uh, an NFL personnel director said Aaron Rodgers has the Packers right where he wants them. Did you hear what – I don't know. I can't. Who's the former general manager that was all over ESPN's coverage? I can't, I'm blanking on his name right now. But he's all over NFL Live and everything. And he said – he said he ran into a Packers guy that's a buddy of his. And he was like, hey, man, I combine going. He said, great, great. And worked with him. He goes, how about Aaron Rodgers? And the dude just went, I'm not saying anything. Not a, because Green Bay's so worried about the messaging. Like, they don't want any anyone on ESPN or anyone on Fox Sports Radio or anyone on the ref saying, well, I've heard from so-and-so that Green Bay doesn't care what Aaron Rodgers. They are very careful about the messaging that's out there right now. I think that's right. All right, quick break. Plank Show uh, with a little news and some college basketball talk next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, it's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I've had a fairly busy show, I feel. Knocked out some of the topics. Uh, KJ, you want for tomorrow? If if she's free she'll and would like up. to. Oh, yeah, she'll be all about it. I, I wish I was here to talk to her about Friday night. Dude, they turned around and performed again and competed on Sunday. No rest. That was a great atmosphere on uh, Friday night. In fact, I might send over some questions I need you to ask because there were so many things that were just so cool. If you want to pre-tape some questions, we can do that too. Oh, I would be. Hi, KJ. Long time, first time. Um, first time, long time, or whatever it is. All right. Um, I promised some Brent Venable stuff. Now, this is the news according to Josh. So you can No, no, no. It. Have at it, please. Brent Venables was a special guest on the Oklahoma Breakdown with Teddy Lehman, whom you hear weekdays from 3 to 6 here on The Ref, and one Gabe Eichard. And the question was asked about calling the defense and whether or not Brent Venables is going to call the defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't have the intentions to call it. Um, but, you know, both sides of the ball will be, you know, very involved and empower the coaches. But, you know, we have a, a system and a philosophy that, that we, we, we believe in on defense. And you know, I've hired coaches that know that system, that understand that philosophy, and I think will do a great job. Um, but always have a, you know, uh, some part in it too. When's the last time you didn't call it? That's going to be – that's going to be a change. That's going to be tough. I, I don't <laughs> picture you just stand there and be like, yeah, I'm not going to be involved in this. That's going to be, it's going to be difficult. I know you'll yeah, be on the man. headset, but you still you know, going to need a get back guy. I mean, I didn't need him. Okay. First of all, <laughs> all right. I didn't need him. I, I've never had a penalty. Never, never <laughs> once. So how many years? I don't know how many years. Never had a penalty. So, you know, that is what it is. And, uh, Maybe it was because of the get back guy was, you know, he did a, a great job. I don't know, but, but here's what I know is I don't need one. <laughs> It'll be just fine. <laughs> and, uh, I've probably, uh, 
gonna be karma, right? <laughs> but uh, no, you know, I just, I, you know, I believe in the preparation. You know, the preparation. That's that's where you know game day should be a lot easier. You know, and uh, so we got to do a great job from a preparation standpoint. I love practice. I love I love creating more strain and practice than could ever happen in a game. I believe in that. And, uh, and, uh, and our guys will be prepared to play at a high level. And again, our coaches will be prepared to, to coach them at a high level on game day. So I think, I think the team, just my, my, my belief is that the team needs me to be their head coach. And I've got to do a good job of hiring good coaches uh, that know what they're doing. And we've gone through all the scenarios and the situations and how we're going to uh, play the game, you know, and, uh, and again, game day, it certainly has its own challenges and you've got to make adjustments and uh, you know, timing of, of things are important, but you know, players got to, you know, make plays too. You can't, you know, you can't, you want them to play fast and aggressive and um, you want to, you know, put them in a competitive uh, advantage uh, position. And I think you, you do that. Um, but uh, you know, and again, just like, I don't know who name, name a defensive coach that's out there. That's a head coach. Name him. Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda. <laughs> All right, Dave Aranda. And no, Dave don't say a whole lot. Whether he, when he was at DC, he didn't say a whole lot. He doesn't say a whole lot as the head coach. So I just watch people, and he he's he's a terrific coach. But all right, that's not a good example. All right, give me another one. This is tough, by the way. Um, I would struggle with this right away too. Where would you I go think next? It's just you and him, or the oh, and let's go. Let's coaches. go to the national champion. Let's go to the national champion. Kirby. Smart. Okay, yeah, Kirby. Oh, that's there's two good ones, right? So what do you what what's your impression on Kirby? Is he calling the defense or is he involved? Involved. Yeah, he's very involved. How about how about uh, Nick Saban? You think he's involved on that defense? Involved. Okay, <laughs> but he's got he's heavily got involved. Thing. All right, and they and they and, and and he's been the gold standard for winning national championships the last whatever it's been 12, 15 years, and 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 Georgia just won one. So there's two examples of defensive coach. I'm not saying I'm them or whoever. You know, I got a, I got a lot to prove. I'll so say I guess, it. Right. <laughs> love it. So there you go. Um, I love that. I loved all of that. And you can find the Oklahoma breakdown in whatever podcast provider you subscribe to or prescribe to uh, by simply searching the Oklahoma breakdown. But I love that. It's like, listen, I've got to be their head coach. I'm sure he's going to be involved. Uh, he will be involved. He's the best defensive coordinator in the game, but. He's got to empower his coaches. And that's how he feels about it right now. And we'll see if things don't go according to plan, if eventually he feels differently. Right. right. There's nothing set in stone. But at this point, with the way things are going, it's like, I got to be their head coach. And I trust Ted Roof. And, and he and I have been together for the last couple of years. And he knows when I like to dial it up. And I'm sure there might be a moment whenever he gets on the headset, I like heat him up. And next thing you know, they're coming after him. I love that, man. And the whole interview is really good. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with some news. We'll come back with some news. Oklahoma softball game today is at 4 o'clock. Make note, 4 p.m. with the first pitch from Marita Hines Field. We'll be on the air just before first pitch, live on the Sooner Radio Network. And, of course, we should add, live on Bally Sports Southwest and Bally Sports Oklahoma. It's the Plank Show. Got any uh, newsy notes you want to hit before we head out the door on this Monday show that kind of got away from us, to be real honest? We shared Orlando Brown Jr. 
set to be franchise tagged, according to Adam Schefter's report, by the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's one Oklahoma football franchise tag, NFL-related note. Uh, for those of you that are Cleveland Browns fans, tight end David Njoku Uh-oh. is reportedly who Cleveland is set to be tagging. So expect many more of these types of announcements today and tomorrow, right, as we start yeah. finding out who franchises want to place their franchise tags on. Today is going to be a busy day. I do think, though, Josh Helmer, and maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I do think you're going to get a little uh, Aaron Rodgers news tomorrow. I think A.A. Ron is going to make an announcement tomorrow. And I think the earlier the better for Packer fans. The longer this thing drags out, I think that's not good news for Packer fans. And according to Jeremy Fowler's report, what does he know? No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers have made a significant long-term contract offer to Aaron Rodgers that would alter the quarterback market, according to Fowler's report. Hmm. A contract that would give him clarity well into his 40s. Green Bay, they're $27 million over the cap. And actually, Rodgers, with the one year left on his deal, would count $46.1 million against Green Bay's uh, cap for oh next gosh. season. So they... The, the thought process from Green Bay is long-term deal, restructure it to where his cap hit. It's not $46 million for next season, but that's interesting. Three, four-year four year deal for Aaron Rodgers. What a pivot that would be from where this franchise has been when not too awful long ago they, they drafted Jordan Love in the first round seemingly as Aaron Rodgers' replacement. Yeah, you're probably gonna have to eat that. I mean, you're gonna you're probably gonna have to. Let's and, and by the way, Jordan Love. I, you don't want to draft a backup in the first round, but he's not costing a month uh, much. He's on heading into the, the third year of what is as a. Did I say freshman? As a first round pick, you 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 don't have to pay him a ridiculous amount of money. So I mean, it's. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do with his fifth-year option, especially if that's the deal that Aaron Rodgers signs. I don't think Aaron Rodgers – I mean, I I don't think he's a drama. I don't think he's sitting around enjoying all this coverage. I really think he's torn. I think there's a lot of things that play into it. I think the the realization that he's – what, he's in his 40s and the clock is ticking and all you've ever been known as is the Green Bay Packers quarterback. I mean, is there a desire to do something different? I don't think he's going to get to choose his destination like Matt Stafford did. I think they're going to try to do everything they can to get him somewhere if he wants to go. But, you know, he had a he had a significant offer last year from him. But give the Packers, as Josh said, credit because they went out and kind of reworked that whole marriage. They saved the marriage for the kids. I'm for team now. for now. Rodgers winds up staying in Green Bay. I'm too. But again, as Josh told you, big news, franchise tag for Orlando Brown Jr. All right, Steelman's all over it. Uh, he's ready to recap OU in the uh, Big 12, preview OU in the Big 12 tournament. Recap the win over Kansas State. Yes! Batman was good. Your review this My morning. My review. I wanted more, but uh, we'll save it for tomorrow. All right, y'all have a great day. 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock today, OU and Minnesota softball. 4 p.m. bundle up. We'll see you at Marita Hines Field. I'm out tomorrow, back from Hawaii on Wednesday with a plank show.